Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing and gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast. I am thrilled today to welcome Rob Brown, who is co-founder and CEO of Curb and also a member of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Welcome from Australia, Rob. Thank you very much, Elle. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm glad we managed to find a perfect time of the day to talk. And um, first of all, and I don't know if all of my listeners will necessarily know, tell me about Curb and how it all came about and what 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 um, what you actually do. So, um, so Curb is a global from day one parking marketplace. Um, and we've got two key sides to the business, L. The first side is a, a sort of peer-to-peer, if you want, uh, for want of a better description, an Airbnb for parking. So I've got a private parking space that I don't use from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the evening, five days a week. I can rent it out on the Curb platform. Um, but it's not just private residential spaces, it's churches, it's school car parks, it's uh, small business car parks, airports, sort of stadiums, all sorts of different uh, car parks. So that's the first side of the business. And the second side of the business is a car park management software platform, um, which allows sort of car parks, commercial car parks to automate a lot of the booking, access and payment um, for drivers who are coming into their car parks, you know, car parks typically tend to be quite mechanical, high friction um, environments. So Curb allows you to essentially hands-free, hands-free access, hands-free payment, and one-touch booking. So that's essentially what we do, and we are in about 32 countries um, today, and uh, are rapidly expanding around the world. It's fantastic, and. I mean, we have talked uh, earlier about when we last saw each other, and that was just before the world shut down last year. Now, what I'm really interested to hear about is how Curb and the marketplace model in general, I think, is is very interesting, has coped with what's happened in the last year. And I think, you know, particularly, we, we haven't had anyone on the Platform podcast who has worked in this space, in this sort of, you know, future cities, future of transport marketplace for parking space. And I think it's really interesting to hear about how things have changed over the last year and what that means for the type of marketplace that you run. So that's a great question, Elle. Um, And I think, you know, if you look at different sectors, different industries around the world, and you look at the impact of covid on those industries and on those sectors. Um, Some of it is cyclical, 
sort of disruption. So if you look at the travel industry, we know the travel industry is going to come back. It's just going through this cyclical sort of um, disruption mm-hmm. or interruption because of COVID. But other other industries are, are there is a structural disruption um, that is happening. Um, so if you look at say, especially I would say. You know, industries that look, feel, and smell the same as they did, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So whether that's a, a university lecture, uh, lecture theatre or a, a doctor's, doctor's office or a, a cinema, movie theatre mm. or a car park, um, you know, these are industries that, that, that sectors that just haven't changed. So I think, I think there you're going to see, in my view, L, what's what COVID, COVID's an accelerant. Um, it's accelerated trends that were already happening in those those sectors, um, and it's accelerated the disruption. So, I mean, when you think about, you know, when you and I last uh, caught up in London uh, in February last year, you know, you had a you had a very different a very different environment. I mean, in most office buildings for example in cities you had too many people and not enough parking bays underneath mm. you know it was a uh, um now you know especially in western economies um there are some you know exceptions in in places like you know certain countries in asia where work from home is not you know it's it's just not not very easy because you've got you know many people living in a small a small habitat but in places like the UK, the US, Australia, Western Europe, most people are just not going to go back to work mm. five days a week. The, the genie's out of the bottle on that one. And and so I think, you know, what we're seeing, and the, and the other thing, I mean, we talk about smart cities and marketplaces. I mean, who would have ever imagined, you know, in February last year, that within six months, we would see the whole of Los Angeles or the whole of London or the whole of you know Sydney without a single vehicle in the streets mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't photoshop but mm-hmm. we saw that so so i think you know from my perspective what covid has brought to mobility smart cities and obviously the area that we play in today which is sort of smart parking but extending into mobility i think it's brought the opportunity forward and we're seeing this you know, we're seeing this in many cities around the world where the city authorities have just have just said, "Okay, the city's empty. There are no there are no cars. We never imagined this opportunity. We're going to now pedestrianise that part of the city centre." The, probably the best example in the world is is uh, the Champs Elysees is being largely pedestrianised mm. now. They have taken the opportunity, the you know Paris City Council to. Um, to pedestrianise the, um, the 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 Champs Elysees, so we're seeing examples of that across the world. So that's one thing, but I think it's just it's just sort of you know it's it, it's just taken the focus off you know the the routine, the rat race we were all in, just nine to five, Monday to Friday, getting into a car or getting on public transport to go and do work in a building. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, I mean, that's not, notwithstanding the, the social, the importance of the social contact, because we're all social animals mm-hmm. and we need to meet, you know, people do business from, you know, with, with, with people, they learn from people. We need contact with other people. And I think that's one of the things we've all suffered with over the last, uh, 12, 14 months. But do we need to go into the office to do work in a building on a portable computer that we then carry back home? Well, clearly the answer is no. 
So I think it's really, really interesting um, from that perspective, Alan. Certainly from a curb perspective. Mm. I mean, it's it's opened up all sorts oh, of opportunities. Totally. I think commercial real estate, especially in the city now, most office buildings have got half-empty parking bays, but they can't just let anybody into. They've still got gates and they still, you know, or RFID swipe cards. So. We really solved that problem for them um, because of, you know, you curb, curb basically your phone becomes the, the access device, you know, it gets you through the gate without touching the gate. You don't need a card, anything like that. And, and, and data is the, the, the critical thing because a, you know, a building that's, that's, that's accepting, you know, people parking with curb or is, is having, in some cases, the whole building parking with curb. They've got data on who's parking when, where, not not the vehicles, but the, actually the person. Um, so they know that John Smith or John Doe entered the building at 9.17, he's still in the car park, left at 3.13, um, and, and, and parks here 15 times a month. So that that's sort of that, yeah. that's another big development that we've seen with um, you know the last twelve months, and obviously you know with our, our technology. Can you think about where we were when we met? We were at Lloyd's uh, of London, right in the centre of of the of the city there, um, and that particularly, I think places like that have changed so much because of exactly what you're saying about this you know move away from from that sort of that nine to five that big commute you remember what it's like around there it's sort of nine o'clock in the morning it's insane um now in terms of of things like parking car ownership where people are living how they're spending their time and what they're doing maybe with their home as opposed to what they're spending their money on in different ways how do you see that evolving and um, continuing to evolve, but how do you see Curb fitting in with maybe that new only going into the office on certain days? You know, how, how does that all fit together? Where do you see your opportunities? Well, I think that, uh, and again, another great question, Elle, and I think there are, there, are, there are shorter term and there are longer term or probably short midterm and then longer term opportunities. One of the things that we've seen with COVID, and obviously we operate in you know multiple countries around the world, is we've seen a lot of people, and here in the city I'm talking to you from today, Sydney, um, people are afraid to get on public transport. So people, people are afraid of you know there's a we've got a hygiene sensitive public out there, and um, and. You know, everyone's been told that you know you've got to wear a mask on public transport, and obviously, wearing a mask is not a is not a natural thing for most of us. So it makes you immediately feel um, uncomfortable, especially if, you know if you're lift, living in a, a Western democracy. Um, so you see everyone wearing masks on public transport. You don't want to touch things, but you have to touch things. Um, so we're seeing car own. You know, we're seeing car usage, although not as many people are going into the city. More people who would have gone on the bus or the train or the ferry in Sydney are taking their cars. Um, and so that's an interesting phenomenon. Mm. I don't think that is, that is a long-term phenomenon, but it's certainly a short-term phenomenon. The other thing that we're seeing, we're seeing this in multiple countries, is, is you know, for example, here in Australia, you've got, a, you've got a, um, a limit on how many people can go into a lift or an elevator. Um, so four people in an elevator. Now, in a building that's got 5,000, normally has 5,000 people working in it, uh, and you've only got six elevators, but normally they take 30 people, 
it just you do the math it just doesn't add up so you just can't get the people in and out of the building so again people are working from home i think the other thing that we're going to see l is when you think about and you know this is this is not me that's saying this for the first time lots of people have said this before but if you think about the you know the the third biggest asset class in most economies most certainly most western and, and developed economies is, is is commercial real estate so it's the office buildings all the office towers etc um and the, the the biggest asset class in most countries is 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 domestic uh real estate and one of the reasons why you haven't seen housing markets the domestic uh real estate markets collapse during this pandemic is because people are spending more time at home and when you spend more time at home, you spend more money on your home. So it's like, you know, oh, I need to replace those curtains or I need to replace the carpet or I need to do the garden um, or fit out a home office. So you've got this enormous transfer of wealth that's, been, that's, that's happening between the commercial, from the, the commercial real estate uh, sector to the domestic real estate se- uh, residential. So I think that's going to, and which has really dispersed the population more broadly across the city in a more probably a more natural pattern so mm-hmm. i think for businesses and, and marketplace businesses and you know a lot of marketplace businesses take place in the suburb you know mm-hmm. i've got a parking space that somebody else can you know use or i've got something that somebody can rent off me whether it's a tool or whether it's a pet service or whether it's a you know whether it's a spare a, you know a spare room under my house mm-hmm. So I think, I think this is going to be really, really quite transformational for marketplace um, economies or certain marketplace yeah. economies. And certainly for Curb, we think, you know, I mean, yes, you know, people want flexible workspace now, um, but they still need to park. Yeah. They still need to, and they're going to need to charge, you know, their car or their vehicle while they're, while they're parking in the, in, in, in the cities of tomorrow. So we're, we see opportunity writ large over what's what's happened in the last 12 months um it's just it's just being able to sort of adapt Mm. with that change and um so yeah we're we're actually really excited about the future notwithstanding the fact that a lot of people are you know are really hurting and, and 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 we're very very mindful of that but we think for curb this is going to be a really, you know, yeah. it's really brought the opportunity yeah. forward. And I think also, I mean, I don't know if this is something that you have felt with Curb. There's also been this sense, and, and I've certainly picked up on it in, in the UK and, and also in, in the US, that people are often turning to marketplaces maybe because, well, partly because they've been maybe using their, their phone or their, um, you know, device more um, than they would have done to, to access things like food deliveries, etc. But also because they're looking for ways to maybe increase their income. Maybe they've been furloughed or that, you know, because of COVID, yeah. they've lost their job. So people are, are kind of looking for maybe gig work or in, in the case of something like Curb, the chance to make extra income from, from assets that they already have um, and space they already have. And I think that the sharing economy and marketplaces can certainly present people with that, that, that option to monetize something that they already have. Have you seen that interest in Curb for that reason? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Al. I mean, we're seeing it, you know... At, at lots of different levels. Um, I mean, I've, I've literally just got off a call with an airport in Canada um, that has got 
you know, all this empty space. There's a real need for truck parking um, across Canada, you know, and um, and and the airport's got, you know, the airport's sort of under capacity at the moment. So they're going to put in all these truck parking spaces and they're going to list them on curbs so people will be able to, you know. So that's one example mm. of, 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 but I think, you know, it, it, bringing it back down to your neighbourhood, um, I think, yeah, we are absolutely seeing an increase in, um, people, people, you know, because a lot of people, need, you know, are in need of some extra income at the moment. Um, it's it's not as simple as just lifting listing your private parking mm. space. Um, it, it depends on where that parking space is. Um, but we are, you know, certainly around transport hubs, even though public transport usage is down compared to where it was sort of 14, 15 months ago. But that will come back. We know it's going to come back. And city, you know, to the point we made earlier, I mean, cities are, city municipalities are, are, are seizing this opportunity to, to reclaim the centres of or parts of the centres of cities um, and, and are encouraging people to take public transport or incentivizing them to, whether it's free or whether that's, you know, there's a, there's a discount this, for the next six months to take, you know, to disincentive to, to drive your vehicle all the way into the city. Mm. So we're really seeing patterns there, but definitely people who are, you know, could do with an extra 50, 100, you know, dollars a week or pounds a week or, a, you know, a couple of hundred pounds a month are... Uh, are listing their parking spaces on curb, yeah, and it's not just—it's not just you know, as I say, driveways. It's—it's it's all sorts of different sports venues. It's hotels in particular. Um, I mean, there was always an opportunity from sort of you know nine, sort of nine o'clock till six o'clock, Monday to Friday in a hotel, which most hotels have an empty car park during that time. But at the moment, with the the the, the guest levels down, it's just a huge huge opportunity mm. i mean the hotel hotel hospitality sector as we all know is doing it very very tough yes. particularly those that rely on um on international mm -hmm. so I, yeah. I think this is going to be a boon for for marketplace um marketplace businesses uh um L, I, mm. I, I really do i think um yeah and, and, i mean i suppose the the elephant in the room to a degree when i'm talking to somebody in australia is is the fact that, that you've done things very differently over there when it comes to COVID. And we've, in the UK and the US, um, w watched um, with a degree of, I suppose, um, envy over the last year that, that you've managed to keep your COVID cases, you know, so low and, and manage it so well. Now we're coming out, um, certainly, I mean, obviously there are some areas of the world that are still badly affected, but in um, the UK and the US, we've got a vaccine program that is really, we are really racing through. Very different situ situation in Australia. How do you think that affects the way that a global marketplace like yours, you know, bounces back from this and, and continues to, to grow and, and scale because you've got a very different um, situation going on there. And I think that it's going to take a while before Australia is able to open up internationally. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's, again, it's, it's a fascinating scenario, really, Elle, because what Australia did, and, and most of Asia, to give, you know, Asia its due... I mean, Asia has, not Australia and New Zealand, but Asia has, Southeast Asia, North Asia, 
has seen these pandemics before. They've lived through, you know, SARS and swine flu and all those kind of things. So, and and so they were ready for this, and they moved. They took it very seriously, very quickly. But so did Australia and New Zealand. Um, and even sort of, you know, mid January last year, when we were all life as usual and nobody was taking this seriously, there were crisis meetings going on at the highest levels of government, uh, state and federal, to just say this. This the information we're getting on this is you know we have to move now we have to move early and they did and so it doesn't mean to say the economy didn't suffer I mean we we also went through a hard lockdown um, for for four months um, from sort of uh, end of March um, but you know the the situation here from our day to day life has has, has more or less you know, back to normal. But what's different? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I mean, we haven't had a case in New South Wales for uh, a a community-generated case for a couple of months now, Mm -hmm. not a death, a case. So the numbers are that low, but they are very trigger-happy in terms of shutting the border. As soon as, you know, Perth this week has had a couple of cases um, and they just shut Western Australia basically to the rest and everyone should, you know. So it's a a bit of a... um, a whack-a-mole kind of uh, mentality, you know, where one state, one state gets a couple of cases and everyone shuts down. Whether that's the right, you know, whether that's the right approach, I mean, longer term we will see. What's 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 I guess hurting places like Australia and New Zealand at the moment is the fact that the uh, the borders are absolutely shut tight, and it's very hard to get in or out. Um, and that's, it's going to be, you know, we're, we're obviously not, you know, first in the queue for the vaccine. Um, I think the vaccines for over 50s are, are going to be broadly rolled out, the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine from, from later, uh, mid-May. I think that, you know, they'll become available. But we've been a lot slower just because of access to the mm-hmm. vaccines, which the UK and the US obviously haven't had the same problem because they, they, they were the, the, the creators of the vaccine. So, um, but I think what we're going to see um, is, is travel bubbles. Um, I mean, when you look at countries like Vietnam, which has had Vietnam, a country of, you know, densely, densely populated country of 90, tiny country of 95 million people, they've had 35 deaths. Um, all up, that's it. Um, So they, South Korea, Taiwan, Singapore's managed it pretty well. So I think we'll start to see travel bubbles. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for a global company like us, Earl? I mean, we, I guess, you know, we'd sown enough seeds internationally, um, which have have borne fruit over the last sort of 12, 18 months. Um, It doesn't really affect us um, from other than the fact that I can't travel as much as I normally would. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the opportunities are out there. And uh, it is, as we all know, and everyone on this call knows, it's, it's weird doing business or closing business deals um, when you can't sort of feel, touch, smell the person in front of you, you know, that humans are so, so which, which is such a natural, mm. natural sort of process uh, for for human beings, but uh, but look, we're all adapting. But yeah. it certainly hasn't slowed the flow of. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we launched in Thailand, sort of uh, with the biggest car park operator there two weeks ago. We're launching in Baku, Azerbaijan, um, next month. 
Hong Kong a month later, and we haven't met any of these people no. um, or these organisations. We've just had, you know, built up a relationship and a rapport on Zoom. So it's just you just got to roll with it, I guess. Yeah, um, you must be itching nothing... to get on a plane, though. Rob. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I've got, I've got, you know, Aussie, Aussie cabin fever. You know, it's uh, yeah. yeah. No, but look, we're very lucky. We're very lucky here. Um, you know, we can. We've got the beauty. The beauty of the beaches and the the outdoor lifestyle in Australia, which mm-hmm. is which is I back think... to normal. But the the telling, the the real difference is when you go into Sydney, downtown Sydney, which is normally bustling and you know it's a city of over four four and a half million people. There's just it's probably fifteen twenty percent um, capacity the city, really? and that's not the obvious. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's just that uh, it just feels empty. Yeah. So uh, so that's the big change. But but. You know, yeah. lots, of, lots of advantages and opportunities for, for marketplace companies. Yeah. And I want to touch briefly as we close, Rob, just on, on the, um, the, the sort of trust and safety side of it, because obviously we're, you know, this is marketplace risk and we're very interested in that part of it because marketplaces do present that unique um, trust issue as just as yeah. a matter of course. And what we have seen over the last year is fraudsters, um, particularly taking advantage of this um, huge adoption of, of platform technology by people who maybe not investigated it before at all. And yeah. um, there has been a, a real increase in, in fraud and um, we're obviously seeing companies who help with that, things like ID verification and, and, and yeah. um, fraud sure. prevention, you know, really kind of being very busy over the last year. How... Um, how has this, um, you know, affected you? This big uptake in in online technology, and have you had any challenges when it comes to the trust and safety side of it? So, again, another great question, Alan. Really, really pertinent. Um, it's, I think, one of the legacies of COVID. Well, without a doubt, one of the legacies of COVID. Just as the legacy of one of the legacies of nine eleven was that airport increased airport security really really matters in the interest of public safety and airlines of airlines have probably been the gold standard in terms of know your customer um i mean every boardroom you know every boardroom in every sort of major company talks about you know kyc know your customer Mm. but the reality is if you said well can you show me a single can you identify the driver of a single vehicle parked in our basement car park the answer is no and um do you know who's in the foyer at the moment the answer is no so i think one of the legacies of uh, uh, of covid 100 percent will be that identity really matters and when you talk about opportunities and this this obviously makes a lot of people uncomfortable because identity means you know giving up you know revealing identity means uh you know, creates privacy issues, um, if, if you will, and, and, and potential abuse of that, of that data, personal data. Now, what we're seeing, and again, I'm talking within an Australian context, is it's pr- probably no different in, in, in many of the markets in which, which your listeners um, are living, is that to get into a restaurant now, or a bar, or a health club, um, you need to check in via QR code, and there's a there's a whole range of different apps available. Um, still very fragmented, but people are willing to do that. Um, there are some restaurants and bars where they take your temperature here in Australia on on entry. 
uh, as well. So, you're, but the interesting thing, El, is that the office, the office block next door, and the the shopping centre or the shopping mall next uh, next to that, there is no there is no identity checking, and I think that's that's symptomatic of the fact that we're still early in this sort of you know a, a, you know adapting to this 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 new reality. But our view is that identity. The, the legacy of COVID will be that identity matters. And if you can't account for people in the building, then, you know, people won't feel safe, certainly for the next year or two, to go back to the building. And that's what, that's what I believe we're seeing in, mm-hmm. in, um, in, a, in, in, in Australia. You know, you don't want to be sitting at a desk or sit, standing in an elevator with somebody who may be carrying a deadly pathogen. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, one of the tragedies of, 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 of this, and obviously we've seen this, you know, in history many times. It's you know, it's not the first pandemic, but is that humans stop to, tr- you know, they stop trusting each other, and they don't trust unless I, uh, unless you've got a, a COVID vaccination certificate, and I know you've had to reveal it because I've had to reveal it to get into this building, um, then I don't feel safe sitting next to mm-hmm. you. And, and, you know, it's, if you think about an airplane, you never, ever worry that the guy sitting next to you in seat 37C might have a dirty bomb strapped to his shoe because no matter where he comes from or what he looks like, you know he's been security checked, yeah. and thoroughly security checked. And so I think when you talk about risk and marketplaces, I think that one of the legacies will be absolutely that we will we will need to accept like we did before you know in the 1950s 1960s we all carried medical cards just like we carry driver's license it's like is there really that much difference between a driver's driver's license photo id and a medical card to say you you know you have to you need a yellow fever uh, certificate to get into certain countries in certain parts of the world um so I think that's going to be the reality, um, yeah, Alan. It's really and interesting. one of the things that, yeah, one of the things that we've got to curb, and we haven't. I mean, we've got a feature which allows people to, you know, to switch on certain security checks, and we do this for different vehicle types. We do it for, but you know, for example, in a boat environment, if I'm mooring, a, I'm parking a boat. Literally, I, uh, in your marina, you're going to require a boat license and, and boat insurance because I've got multi-million dollar yachts in here and if you crash into one then somebody's somebody's going to be you know liable so we're we're rolling that out now or we're we're ready to roll that out um at the the flick of a switch basically for covid vaccination certificates so for a for an office tower to say okay we need to know who's in the building okay um we need to know that they've got a covid vaccination certificate uh, we need to ideally let them into the car park without touching anything. Um, so those are the those are the key goals that we've been able to achieve over the last uh, the last sort of twelve months with Curb. And and so it's not a it's not a reality that anybody ever imagined. It's not a reality that a lot of people want, but it is the reality I think. And it's the it's going to be the way that we get cities and we get travel moving again. Is just you know vaccinations and certificates mm-hmm. and and being able to actually you know prove to some extent that people in your restaurant or in your car park or in your office tower have actually been vaccinated and, and, and allows everyone else to feel safe mm-hmm. and come back to the city. So it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's it's a controversial topic, um, 
but it's you know it, it, it's just the new reality, the new normal that we're 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 entering. Hell, and uh, but we're certainly at curb ready for that. Yeah. Um, to address that issue with the with the with the basement car park underneath your building, um, or in your you know yeah. wherever it is. So. Oh, Rob, it's been so interesting talking to you. I could do, um, carry on, but um, we will wrap it up. But I do hope to either see you in person at one of our actual real life events later in the year or if you if you're allowed out um, or catch up again on on the podcast um or or maybe on one of our webinar series because i think it would be great for you to to share your knowledge um further with with our audience so thank you so much for for coming on today and um we wish you all the best with curb and see you soon Thank you, Elle. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, I look forward to catching up soon and, uh, and to chatting on, you know, in person or on the next podcast. Thank you, Elle. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.